to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast. The show designed to keep youth workers motivated and youth ministries moving forward. Now, here's your host, blogger, speaker, and lover of nerd stuff, Paul Turner. What's going on, everybody? Got my son here laughing at me, listening to my intro. He thinks it's hilarious. Well, that's perfectly okay, Brian Turner. That's okay. That's my intro, man. Hey, that's the way we roll right here at the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the podcast to keep youth workers motivated and their youth ministries moving forward, my friend. That's how it rolls. Don't listen to my son. My son, I tell you what, he don't know. But it's good to have him in the room at least today, not on the podcast necessarily, although you might have heard him. But uh, we can uh, we can talk about that later. We have uh, we have issues, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Listen, um, so we're here today, and uh, we're in a uh, a series. Uh, we're going to talk about that here in just a second uh, about excuses. And uh, before we jump into that, though, I want to welcome in all of you who are brand spanking new right here into the podcast. Maybe it's your first time listening and hearing my voice. Thank you for uh, hanging out, joining me for a little while. Uh, catching me in my real life moments here in my own, my own home. Uh, don't judge me. Don't judge me too harshly. Your house, your house is probably just as uh, crazy, right? And um, and so I want to encourage you that if you uh, like what you're hearing uh, by the end of it, if you've enjoyed it, would you please consider going to iTunes? Just uh, search Youth Ministry in Motion, and uh, I'll pop up. And if you just go send some stars, give me some stars. Look, just give at least two stars to my son, two stars to me, uh, and that'll be good. And then write a little review about the contents you've listened to. And, and if you've enjoyed it, uh, go ahead and leave it. If, even if you didn't enjoy it, go ahead and leave something anyway. I mean, just, you know, just for the sake of leaving something. And uh, so, yeah, be sure to do that. And if you're a regular, thanks for hanging out, being a part of the podcast. You've been listening to uh, this for a while. Uh, and I, you notice that I am just uh, pumping out a lot of podcasts lately because I want to I cruise through this series. Uh, I wanna, there's other things I know that I want to move on to. And if you have a subject that you would like me to cover that has not been covered yet, uh, you've not heard anything about it or you've not heard it to your liking from somewhere else, then let me know. Just send me an email to thedproject.me.com. That's T-H-E, small letter D, project, P-R-O-J-E-C-T, at M, M as in meat, and E as in excellent.com. So uh, be sure to, uh, to hit me up and let me know if there's something I can help you with and serve you with. So, all right, all that out of the way. Uh, want to uh, be able to share with you today. We're talking about excuses. I started a series uh, about six or seven, seven, eight episodes ago, probably. Um, no, seven, seven episodes, and about excuses and the excuses that uh, not only youth workers make, but I'm talking to youth workers, so those that's it's going to apply to all of us. Uh, but these are excuses that a lot of people make as to why they want to do or not do something. And so, uh, but we don't want fear to be the, uh, the leading factor, right? We don't want that to be why we, we can't do what we want to do. I mean, fear holds everybody back to, uh, to some degree to be able to do some things, right? And it's something we want to show to our students as well. So listen, don't be afraid. We tell our students, don't be afraid to do these things. Don't be afraid to share your faith. Don't be afraid to, well, we have to be able to model those things. We have to be able to show these things to them. And so, um, you know, fear is, is listen, is, a, is, an, 
is an incubator for excuses, right? It's it's something we is our go-to of why we don't want to do something. We just say, listen, I don't want to do it and I, because I'm afraid to do it. I'm afraid of the repercussions. I'm afraid of the unknown. I'm afraid all kinds of things jump to mind. It's the same reason you don't want to go into a scary house, right? You don't know what's in there. You don't know what's on the other side of that door. And it's the same thing. And, uh, and it's meant, fear is meant to paralyze us from doing anything. You know, as I like to say, excuses are assassins. Uh, they use poison darts, and these darts, uh, you know, uh, kill our dreams uh, fast or slow, uh, and, and then some just paralyze us into status quo, right? Uh, if you're into, you know, the ninja, uh, uh, you know, I- illustration there, that these poison darts that they shoot at you, right? That uh, some fast, some slow, and some just paralyzes, and that's what fear does. Fear paralyzes us uh, in uh, trying to move forward in our ministries, right? And that's what we want to do. We want to move forward in, in our lives, and we want to move forward in our ministries. And, you know, many of our fears, fears come out of things that we are, are, are you know, part of the everyday ministry life many times, you know, tr- whether it's trying something new, uh, changing something old, uh, retiring a volunteer, changing camps, uh, trying new worship songs, trying new worship styles, all these various things. You know, there's a certain amount of fear or intrepidation of why we don't want to do certain things because, you know, we don't know whether the students will accept it or reject it. And, you know, there's all kinds of other things, you know. We're afraid. We're afraid of the not just kids, what kids will say. We're afraid what parents will say, what, our, what the bosses will say, what our supervisors, our pastors uh, who knows, you know, and it's completely understandable. And I want to say this, that if you have, uh, you know, you are by nature, maybe a fearful person, or maybe it's part of just a personality thing, or you have some phobia of some kind. I, I don't mean to diminish any of that. What I, what I do want to say is that, that the, the fear that we all have, you know, that unknown, the fear of the unknown, the fear of change, although we have all of those things, that's just part of the. That's part of the, the. The you know the thing we inherited when we when when sin came into the room. Uh, it's something we inherited was this fearfulness. This go run and hide, cover ourselves in fig leaves, and uh, hope nobody sees us. And you know maybe consider this. Maybe you've moved you know to a new church. Uh, you know, hundreds or thousands of miles from where you live now. And, you know, you're on a path, you know, you're on a path where, uh, you know, the fear of failure makes you, you know, throw open your mouth a little bit, you know, uh, and that's okay. You know, but, but the one thing you can't afford to do is nothing. You've come into a new church, you're far away from home, and now you just got to go forward, right? You got to move forward with that, with that ministry or whatever you're in, uh, wherever you've moved to. Well, you know, somebody's hired you to come in and do something. Well, fear can't be a part of that deal because you have to be able to go and then do the things you said in that interview that you said you could do. So how do you kill the fear of change before it kills you or worse, puts you into a spiritual coma of some kind? How do you do that? Well, let's break it down. The excuse, how do you kill it? What's the weapon of choice here? Uh, It's momentum through consensus. Momentum is our friend, right? Momentum, when we have it, uh, you know what? We know it. When we don't have it, we also know it. And momentum, uh, the big mo, as John Maxwell likes to call it, uh, that the the big mo is, you know, we're always uh, better 
uh, then we seem, seem to be better than we really are when we have it. And we always seem to be a lot worse when we don't have it. But in reality, you know, we're the same people. It's just about whether we have the momentum or not. And I want to say it's momentum through consensus, that we're going to build momentum. You break through fear when you know that you're not doing something alone. And, you know, it's that fear, you know, it's that fear that, that all, you know, <laughs> that all the fingers, if something doesn't work, all the fingers will point to us and say that it is their fault. We are the sole reason something did not work, and we're afraid of that. We're afraid of people pointing their fingers at us and saying it's him. It was his decision or her decision. And, uh, and so that's why team building and consensus and sharing ideas and sharing thoughts and getting starting to build a foundation for change, if that's what you want to do, or these things, you, you have to be able to do that so that you can build a team. And listen, we're the lead, right? We're, you know, we're, the, we're in charge. We have to figure out ways to move forward with what God has placed in our hearts. We have to lead from our convictions, right? Not out of our fears. If the church that hired you wants you, wants you to keep things the same, then you know what? They should have hired a monkey to push buttons and flip switches, right? Because in essence, we are change instigators, right? We are leaders. We've come in to change things if it is necessary. Now, let me make a, a quick tip here that if this is your first year in youth ministry and you've come to a new church uh, that has an established ministry, don't change anything for a while. Just sit back for about six months, eight months, kind of watch the DNA of how this thing works, and then you start figuring those things out. There's no sense in going in and just causing trouble from the get-go, right? Uh, and just being this guy who walks in and just wipes the place out. But you are, uh, you know, if you're just, you know, if you've been cornered into the status quo, uh, listen, I, look, I understand. I've been there. Uh, but listen, you're the leader, and leaders have to lead from conviction, not from the status quo. Now, listen, changes do take time. And you don't have to be in a hurry. Patience. Patience is key, right? Love is patient, which means God is patient with you, and you can afford to be patient with the people around you. You can be patient with your leaders. You can be patient with your kids. Why? Because you love them. We don't have to change everything. It's this knee-jerk reaction that we have, that we feel like we have to change things immediately, and it's, it's not a good feeling sometimes to, to do that. It's not, you know, think of somebody who made a quick-draw change on you one time, and you were like, what, what just happened? What, what's going on? We didn't talk about this, right? So dealing with that fear, sometimes we do the knee-jerk reaction, sometimes we do nothing. So to find the balance, to find out where we're at in the middle of that, we have to be patient. We have to watch. We have to not operate out of fear, but operate out of our convictions, right? Now, listen, this past January, I did for the first time. I've tried, listen to me, for seven years, I have tried to do a retreat with my students that was not a statewide thing. I needed to have time with these students to hang out with them. I wanted to teach them some deeper truths. I wanted to teach them. I wanted to just be completely relational with them. Uh, I wanted to provide the worship and all this stuff. I want, and for seven years, I haven't been able to do that. I just couldn't get buy-in with it. And so I was patient. Uh, and, you know, and I, then I just started to think that nobody, this isn't going to happen. And, uh, and that's sometimes we think that sometimes we think, well, the things, and it may not, you know, but this happened to be the year to do that. And rather than cause a riot and say, well, we're just going to do this and you guys got to suck it up and deal with it, uh, which is the quick, the knee jerk change. I just waited and I waited and I waited and I gave them options and I just built a consensus 
which led to momentum, which then led to the success of the weekend because uh, they wound up building it and doing a great job with it. So, um, you know, the key to that is, is you know, you know we've got to break the neck of fear, okay? We just have to break its neck. Uh, and we have to be able to say, look, uh, that building momentum, you know, through asking key questions, right? So, such as, you know, what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? If, I, if, if we make this change, what's the absolute worst case scenario, right? And then you have to ask, what is the best case scenario if this works, right? What would it look like if we did not go do this, but did this instead? And I had that in my head when I challenged the kids on the retreat, you know, to say, let's try this because I saw the outcome being better than what we were going to have. And then I started to, you know, pitch that to them and say, here's why I think this is going to be better. Uh, you know, once again, I left the decisions to some of them and we went forward, you know, but once you have some answers instead of, of the nagging negative ones you tell yourself, you can push forward with a clear picture of the change you want to make. And listen, after you've collected all the answers to possible concerns from all the various parties, pitch your ideas for change, right? Or for something new to the team around you, including the adults on your team, the parents, the students. You know, I like to call it a whisper campaign and just say, what do you think? You know, what do you think? You know, what if we did this? A big what if, right? What if we did this? Build consensus rather than making wholesale change. Change without consensus is like, is like jerking the steering wheel of a car and making everyone shift without warning, right? No one likes that. I don't like that. You know, we, we have an idea of, you know, uh, being on a roller coaster, you expect that. Being in the front seat of a car, you don't expect somebody to just kind of jerk the car around and, and toss us all over the place. Consensus building, on the other hand, uh, is like rolling a pebble down a snowy hill and letting it snowball into collective momentum, which will make the change happen quickly and smoothly, right? It will, it'll simply, momentum will take its course. It'll start picking up speed. Yes, there will be some rocks and other things, but the momentum will be able to get over those things. You see, I have a rule on this, right? I try to include as many people in on the new idea as possible, uh, if it's a change thing, and I try to expand the ownership of the change uh, or the idea uh, way beyond me. If, and if I can't get the ownership, I don't make the change because really I'm setting myself up for failure. You know, well, what if you say, well, God told me, Paul, well, if God told you, well, then that's a whole different story, right? I mean, I can't argue with that. The conversation's over after that. If you say God told you, I can't tell you that God didn't tell you, but you know, you're going to see the results of that, whether it was God or not, uh, based on some, some, you know, indicators there. So just be prepared that whatever you think is going to happen may or may not happen as a result of that, right? Uh, and, you know, being a lone wolf, by the way, it's the last resort. And that's only if change must happen. Must, 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 must. And it's something that is a deep conviction. It is, it is so built within me that I have to make the change. Uh, regardless of public opinion, it just has to happen, right? And that's when I will pull the trigger by myself. But that is a last resort of anything. And I would have to be in like Daniel in Babylon and just, just something's got to change here. Right. And, uh, so take the time and imagine, right. A snowball, uh, of teamwork and positive energy, uh, careening down a hill, crushing excuses 
as it goes, right? I love that picture. I just love excuses getting jammed on and just getting just getting crushed by the momentum. Because let me tell you what, fear produces negativity. Momentum produces positive uh, stuff. And when you have that, you're able to be positive. Uh, but being positive, listen, being positive will smack fear in the face and make it think twice before it rears its ugly head again. Because putting the positive spin on change will allow everyone to see the possibilities rather than the downside, right? Let's also remember, as we kind of land the plane here a little bit into finishing this up about fear, you know, let's remember that fear is not a part of our spiritual DNA, right? 2 Timothy 1.7, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And that is, uh, that is our, our post-Christ condition, right? Our PCC, if you will, right? That's our post-Christ uh, uh, condition there that we have now because of what God has done for us. We don't have a spirit of fear. We don't operate out of that. We operate out of conviction. We have love, we have power, and we have a sound mind. We lead from our convictions, not our fears. We lead as a team, not a loner. We lead with right information and positive energy. I'll close up today with a quote from Soledad O'Brien, who's a uh, an anchor, news anchor, and she says, I've learned that fear limits you and your vision. It serves as blinders to that, to what may be just a few steps down the road for you. The journey is valuable, but believing in your talents, your abilities, and your self-worth can empower you to walk down even a brighter path, transforming fear into freedom. How great is that? And let me tell you what, guys, that, uh, I just I want to encourage you guys that some of you are thinking about making changes, thinking about doing this. Thinking about that. Look, take it slow. Be patient. Be patient, right? The only thing, the only real thing that we should be afraid of is making no changes at all. And in reality, that's what we have to look at. The changes we know have to be made, when they're made, how they're made, all that's within our control. To be patient, to lead from conviction and to be able to build consensus that we might be able to build momentum and get to where God is taking us. So, but that is it for today, guys. I sure do appreciate you guys uh, being a part of uh, the podcast today. Once again, don't forget to go over to uh, iTunes and uh, give me some stars, some reviews on some things that uh, you'd like to share about the podcast so I can get to know you guys a little bit better. And uh, until next time, guys, I will catch you later. I'm out of here.